Hello Geekscapist, it is I, Incelbot, and I am hacking into your... Not so fast, Incelbot! Geekscape is now sponsored by NordVPN. That's right, we're now using the same encryption technology recommended by the NSA. And with NordVPN's amazing speeds and thousands of servers around the world, we'll never miss out on Geekscape podcasts or any of our favorite streaming services, games, or shows. Unacceptable. It's very acceptable, actually. Geekscapists, unlock your own exclusive NordVPN deal by visiting nordvpn.com geekscape or by using the offer code geekscape at checkout. You'll unlock a huge discount on your NordVPN plan, free threat protection, and one additional month completely free. And if you're not happy, Nord's got a 30-day money-back guarantee. Just remember to use the code geekscape on checkout. Anything else you want to add, Incelbot? Now you win again. Yeah, I thought so. All right, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. And you're like, wait a minute, he jumped cut. Yep, there was an ad at the uh, beginning of the show. Uh, there are a lot of cool stuff happening uh, in the Geekscape verse. Uh, beyond sponsorships, we are moving to a brand new platform called Megaphone. That's where we're going to host all the shows on the Geekscape network. You're probably not going to notice a if I do my job, you're probably not going to notice a uh, a change or a difference. It might just be me flipping a switch. I've already migrated all the uh, past 15 plus years of Geekscape over to Megaphone. I just got to really flip the RSS feeds. But I do want to let you all know about that because if anything weird happens in the uh, switch, go ahead and email me, jonathan at geekscape.net and be like, hey, uh, the RSS feed's acting wonky or I'm getting double episodes or whatever happens between now and the next week when I flip the switch over to Megaphone, uh, just let us know. You're probably going to hear some more ads on Geekscape in the, in the future, but that's just growing pains. Uh, Geekscape's been doing really great the last couple of years, and uh, it's allowed us to uh, move to a bigger platform, add shows. We're going to be talking about that later today on the show. Uh, we've got Katie on here. She's launching a brand new podcast on the Geekscape network. It actually launched today. If you're watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, uh, or maybe you're on LinkedIn while you're dishing out those resumes, um, then you can go to your podcast app right now and uh, go ahead and check out the Black and White Podcast. Katie hosts it along with a brand new Geekscape host named Marie Brand. We're really happy to have her on the network. So there's a lot to catch up on. And uh, who better to help us weed through all the news beyond Geek Week starting up on Netflix. I guess that's a thing, and I'm excited about it because we got Umbrella Academy and a bunch of stuff coming. Um, new Obi-Wan episodes, Strange New World still rocks. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, I finally watched all seven episodes at the beginning of season four of Strange New Things. I think I'm doing that math right. There's just a lot to talk about, and our good friend Jason Inman, who's one of our favorites, is here to help us weed through all that. So I'm not going to delay. I'm just going to say, yay, let's get Geekscape. Uh, in front of your face. Here we go, Geekscapers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching.
All right, Geekscapists, we're here on a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm glad you all are joining me. It's a Monday night. And uh, yeah, as you heard at the top of the show, Geekscape has a brand new sponsorship for the month. It is NordVPN. So go to nordvpn.com slash Geekscape, and they've got all sorts of deals and discounts, including an additional month free on a deal. Uh, Use that Geekscape on the uh, checkout, and uh, they'll hook you up. If you don't like it, you got 30 days to cancel. It's all good. I'm actually using NordVPN right now uh, to secure this internet connection uh, to make sure that we are uh, streaming securely and all that. Okay. I, I, the tech stuff, let's just be clear. Y'all who've been with me for 15 years, you know, it's not my strong suit, but I do trust those folks and uh, they're really nice. So welcome NordVPN as sponsors of the show. All right, Katie, speaking of somebody who's... Uh, dealt with me a lot here she is my co-host katie <laughs> katie hampton as i have to get used to calling you you're gonna have to do it uh yeah because uh, mm-hmm. i'm switching it over professionally so it's easier to pronounce <gasps> yeah i never really got the hang of el sister no one does no one does Elsa that's why Elsa 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 sassy Elsa pants Elsa was e- the best you Elsa- could do oh yeah no uh but katie hampton i think i can figure that out um so far so bad yeah we got it uh you know it's like our switch to megaphone it's just it's one day we're just going to be all over there Mm -hmm. and uh doing our thing actually you don't actually are you already on megaphone with this brand new black and white podcast great question that i'm sure that matt kelly could answer in the comments section right now um I kind of have just been like, I'm going to produce things, send it off to you. And then could you please do all the other stuff? Because my brain can't go that far. <laughs> well, that's what Matt does for us. Uh, we're glad to, he's here. Uh, and Matt Kelly says, I love that ad. Uh, well, I'm glad you love the ad for the Nord folks. It was fun making it, except I had to put up with incel bot. He's very intrusive, but I'm glad that we have an easy solution. One click solution for getting rid of him. I find it interesting um, yeah. that incel bot went British recently uh incel bot is a chameleon he will use any way he can to try and infiltrate your digital life and uh and exploit it so um matt kelly is reporting but check this out katie okay. he reports that he will be transitioning you this week since you only have one released episode it'll be the easiest one to do um Great. i don't i mean we're, we're live on there now uh any podcast on the network can start bringing their content over uh, I don't know why we didn't just start you on it. Who knows? It'd be a nice way to familiarize yourself or himself with it. Um, yeah. So Geekscape is, again, what I reiterated at the beginning. I'd like to say if anything weird happens with the feed in the next week. Report it. I, <laughs> yeah, please. Jonathan at Geekscape.net. Be like, hey, there's double episodes, missing episodes, stuff like that. Uh, I'm actually going through like 15 years of content uh. one episode at a time and checking that every there were double episodes in the feed the feed had some really wonky stuff i used to like update the feed manually using html like that's how long i've been doing this podcast the way you used to do xml feeds was you open them in a text editing program and edit the html and upload it to your own servers and it was uh yeah i did that i think longer than i needed to you know (laughs) that sounds like a blast (laughs) yeah you know what sounds like super easy a really short time to do you know super annoying and all sorts of errors ended up sprouting up over the years that i'm now getting a chance to correct with our good friends 
over at Megaphone. Uh, Big Ink says, Incel Bot was bouncing around different servers to find you. He just happened to be on one of the UK ones. I don't, you know, I, we put an end to that. That's all I know is how we put an end to that. And uh, Katie, you have this brand new podcast on the on the network. Uh, what can you tell me about it before we bring our good friend Jason Newman in? It's called the Black and White Podcast. We, my friend Marie and I, we used to work at a company together and uh, we always had really great deep conversations about current events, things going on in our lives, all that stuff. And when we were both laid off at the same time, we we're like, you know what, let's just record these. Let's record these conversations and put them out in the world. And maybe someone can find some value from them. If not, that's okay. We're just another podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we have some pretty crazy fun stories. <laughs> um, and uh, please feel free to uh, send us uh, an email on my website, katieelsesser.com, and uh, we'll read it aloud on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a fun thing. We've got a, a nice little situation towards the end of most of the podcast where we call it but her emails though and it's all the insane messages that i end up getting on my website um but yes it's a fun time we talk a lot we're actually probably going to get our first guest in the next couple of weeks coming on and we talk about current events we talk about the differences between the black and white perspectives we talk the gamut of things um and yeah it's a fun time we go raw. We go very deep and raw. <laughs> now, you and I, why, why do we not have that relationship where we go deep, we go raw? Mm. Well, what's going on there, Katie? <laughs> We've been friends for a very long time. Why, why do we not have the relationship where we, we do the real talk? Well, why, why not? London, you're you're a hard exterior to crack to get into the juicy center. <laughs> you put up a nice facade, sir. But uh, as someone who is a big proponent of therapy and just talking it real uh that's what maria and i do on that podcast (laughs) i'm in therapy every week too good Uh, i'm so glad yeah it's amazing different therapists every week they quit oh every time (laughs) (laughs) you know the last one almost made it an hour oh and uh yeah i I said is that an open window behind wait no don't do that That was last week's therapist. Man. Um, yeah, I, I drive them a little nuts. Um, That's weird. But, you know, you and I can have those conversations, Katie. We can get Absolutely. real. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's true. Well, I'm not afraid of that. Good. Uh, yeah, I like I'm, it. I'm in therapy. I'd frequently. say being a geek for therapy is a fun thing, man. <laughs> okay. A lot right. you can well, learn. I'm excited to listen to this black and white podcast with with uh, you. And I, I'm excited to actually have Marie on, on the network. So Yeah. Um, speaking of somebody who has deep conversations with me, very much so, you know, I went to his birthday dinner on Friday. Uh, yeah, it was a surprise. Uh, his face sank so fast when he saw me show up. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, no, it was Heidi and I and Ashley Robinson and this man right here, Jason Inman, who we love. And, uh, Yeah. We uh, we went to dinner to celebrate his birthday. It sank so fast because my Friday night plans were to flip on NordVPN and watch all of Toast of London mm-hmm. because I would say that I was in the UK and you can watch it for free on Channel 4. That's right. I did plug your sponsor. I love oh, that's that. right. That was, I, really, you know, that was really creative how you went there. And also, actually, actually I do. Show. Actually, I do. I do. Th- that's the thing I do with NordVPN. I, like, no, though, like I, I watch all the BBC's content. For free. <laughs> you, so you can do that. You can pretend like you're in a different country you using a different yep. server it's, it's, and then you watch look, their during stuff. The pan, like during the pandemic, I will say that like my my guilty pleasure is 
The Amazing Race. Yes, I know it's an old person show, but I love watching The Amazing Race. And my wife and I caught up on all the American seasons. Well, what were we to do but find out that there is Amazing Race Canada? There's Amazing Race Australia. <laughs> and with the help of NordVPN, we said, hey, we're in Australia. And we were able to watch all of it. We said, hey, we're in Canada. We were able to watch all of it. I have That's now watched brilliant. every Amazing Race franchise that has ever existed. Thank you, Pandemic. And also, thank you, NordVPN. But these have to be <laughs> in English-speaking countries, because if you watch, like, Amazing Race Russia or something... Yeah, we didn't go that far. Yeah, we, that. we only went to the English-speaking ones, yes. Of Could you imagine Amazing Race Russia? Is that just Stranger Things Season 4? But uh... I, I, I will say, the, the thing you notice very quickly is that you notice that they all steal from each other. So you'll see the same challenge across international borders. <laughs> it's the same producers. Yeah. And like, yeah. why not? They probably have yeah. a, a handful of writers that just dish this stuff out. Uh, Matt Kelly says, I love that Jason is teaching Jonathan how to use the product that he's sponsored by. Uh, you yeah, gotta learn somewhere. It, I just, wanna, I just want to sell that product out. There. I, I, not only am I, uh, uh, you know, like, what do they, what do they say? Like not, the old, not only a, a client, I'm, I'm only a user. client. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, Matt, hold your horses because I actually am a NordVPN user from way back when. Speaking of Russia, I used it when I went over to Crimea. Do you remember when I went to Crimea for like 10 days to do comedy and work with students over there in summer of 2019? That's what he I, says, but I we all know he was running guns. Yeah, right. I wasn't going to go over there and not use a VPN. <laughs> I like, used NordVPN. Brother Putin, what are we doing with all these other uh, Ukrainians? <laughs> I went over there to fight a fucking demigorgon. Like, I went over there. I wasn't going to go. I That was my first time using a VPN because I wasn't going to go to disputed Russia in Crimea, right? Is it, is it Ukraine? Is it Russia? Who knows? But like, I wasn't going to go over there and not use a VPN um, because, you know, I was going to be talking trash on the Internet. So there's that. Uh, yeah. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the party. NordVPN is what you signed up for. Can't wait for that sponsorship to about to get be revoked. Um, <laughs> Hopefully Jason, <not. laughs> how has this new year of life been for you? I saw you on your birthday. Um, that was fun. Uh, Thank you for coming. Did you? Yeah, do you still have any of that ice cream cake? I uh, have lots. We what have a lot of like ice half, cream cake. I, I was given a, uh, it's specifically the birthday cake flavor of ice cream cake. It's from like Magpie Soft Serve. Oh. Uh, so it has like a nice frosting topping, mm-hmm. ice cream cake flavored ice cream. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then like a nice cookie bottom. Wait, hold up. Did it's you the, say ice cream flavored ice cream? That's right. No, no. Birthday no, cake flavored ice cream. Cake. Apologies. Okay. Apologies. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It is that's like amazing. so much sugar that I'm enjoying the sugar coma that I go into every single night. I eat a piece. How big of a so piece you're using do you that dessert? What's that? How, how you're big? You're having it for dessert every night. Oh, I, of course I'm having it for dessert. Yeah. I mean, like, it just depends how gluttonous I want to be, Katie, basically. Fair. Some Fair. nights, very gluttonous. Some nights, <laughs> like tonight, not so much. Do you have half a human head's worth still? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Wow, okay. that's a big cake. <laughs> it is a big cake. Oh, it was also like, it was a very expensive cake, but. Well, from uh, that yeah. makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, like God's blessed my wife for like I a couple weeks ago said like, you know, it'd be awesome to have one of those. We've always talked about getting one. And then here it is on my birthday. So like it was the perfect present. What if you cut into it and it's actually a human head encased in ice cream? Well, then then you just take their abilities and powers. <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy to be able to attend your birthday dinner. Um, 
and uh, that was fun. But but that look on your face when I walked in and you were like, "This guy, yeah, I know." Can't say it was the first time I'd seen it. <laughs> Every Comic Con, right? <laughs> Every single Comic Con. <laughs> Speaking of Comic Con, I started filling out all the forms to get our booth up and running, like the sales forms. There has to be like a height and variance form in case you want to like build anything crazy up and out mm-hmm. of the of your booth, the allotted space. There has to be an adult materials form, which means that when you come to sign at the booth this year, Jason, no weird stuff. Okay, you got to keep your clothes on this time, right? Because I best signed seller. a form saying. There's going to be no adult materials or nudity at our booth, all right? And that goes for Matt Kelly as well. I know he likes to get a little randy when it comes to attracting people onto the network. It goes for me, too. This is going to be like my first Comic-Con with you guys, and I can't get nudie at the boothie? No, you're wearing a burka. (laughs) You're going to dress like Shane. You're going to dress like Shane in like a... a like, a, what like I'm going to be drunk like, the whole time? or <laughs> yeah, no, Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> what do they wear? The Inuits wear up there like a... Uh, oh, know, like, a, like an Eskimo, right. like a like nice no, hood. You can't call them that, Katie. Oh, I can, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. You can't call them that. Oh, Beautiful. I think that's... No. Good to but, know. But, uh, all right. Let's actually talk about some geek stuff now that we've uh, caught you up on the going-ons here at Geekscape. Um... I think we've all been watching this Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Shall we talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with this character. Who is this Y'all know this character, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, so three episodes are out. We're halfway through the season. Is that correct? We have that six is correct. episodes mm-hmm. going on. We're halfway through the season. I got to ask, um, y'all down with this Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> I am. I will just put it out there right now. I think it's really fun. I've been really enjoying it so far. I know that we've got some issues going on here, but uh, I will just say outright, I'm a big fan. I've been enjoying the story and I can't wait to see more. I'll say this, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite Star Wars character. And I do think you and McGregor can read a phone book and make it interesting. So he is, in my opinion, doing a lot of heavy lifting. But I will say like, if there's one thing I could say about this show, and I don't know if there was any other way we were going to avoid this. This show, I think can be described in one word, unnecessary. (laughs) And I'm enjoying watching it and it's cool to see the things in it. But also when I think about it, I'm like, does this add anything to the star Wars lore? But I could have said that about, I think almost every star Wars live action show thus far it seems to be the eternal disney plus problem of (laughs) does this add anything to the ongoing storyline and the answer so far has been no but i will say that of the star wars television shows so far i am enjoying this one i think the most and i but i i'm putting that at the feet of ewan mcgregor again who can make a phone book interesting yeah I would say that I'm not enjoying it as much as the mandalorian the first two Mm -hmm. seasons of mandalorian simply because i think Star Wars has a nostalgia problem and that's very it goes back so. to the prequels. And uh, I think the way that to get out of this stuff is new characters and Mandalorian was a brand new character. Grogu in a sense was a brand new character. And those are characters whose fates are not determined already. And with the prequels, I really felt like you were just watching a ball and a string get pulled across and say, hey, okay, I know where the ball is going to end up. This is not necessarily fun. There's not a whole lot of surprises that are going to end up here. I feel like the series is roughly the same fantastic performances be damned. Um, They just have a nostalgia problem. And I worry that 
now we have a babysitter's storyline in the same way that Mandalorian became a babysitting storyline. And if they're not careful, we're going to have baby Darth Maul getting transported across the galaxy in the next Disney Plus series. Uh, but I'd like to get back to characters who are original, unique. I know we're getting like a 12 episode Andor series at the end of the summer. Which looks uh, great. It does. He's going to meet a whole lot of people who are going to die. And I hope you care about him. But the strength yeah. of the show, and and I think this goes to the, I mean, let's just talk about the racist criticism that was going with on. With Moses Ingram. About, with Moses Ingram. Yeah. Moses Ingram might be the most interesting part of this show just because you don't know her fate. At least, I don't think we know her fate, does she? She's not a character from Rebels. I the don't Inquisitors think we aren't do. necessarily. Yeah. I, I would. Do. I will say that in the um, Fallen Order game, the Seven Sisters were introduced, and I, I don't know if anybody's played that game. It's fantastic, and they're coming out with a second one. Um, should be great. Um, but it's a speeder bike chase going right past my window. <laughs> oh. I think three of the Seven Sisters are on there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Is the third uh, there? Yeah, I, I'm down with the Moses Ingram storyline, just because again, you don't know if. I believe, here's a theory, I believe she's a, she was one of the younglings. I believe that the Inquisitors took her in and converted her. I think we're going to see her conflicted loyalties start to turn her maybe back away from the dark side towards something else. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to that every week because that's a new character whose fate I don't know. And the more we can stay away from that stuff in the Star Wars universe and the Marvel universe while we're at it, um, I think, in, I mean, obviously we don't know the future of the Marvel Universe of those characters, uh, but with Star Wars, we do. And I just think we need to steer way clear of those in the future. And I don't think Disney's going to do it. Now, here's a question. If there were material available in a comic, a book, or a game that did tell you the ending before the show releases the ending of her story, would you play it, read it, watch it, whatever? I think gameplay is, I mean, when it comes down to video games, I think ultimately gameplay is the deciding factor on that. If it's okay. fun, and I would be really into that. I like the idea that they're doing a Tales of the Jedi a thousand years prior to any of those events. Those are characters you can get invested in, and you don't necessarily know their fates. Uh, but, wow, what I've loved for at Star Wars Celebration to hear anything about the Taika Waititi series and to hear that it is as far from anything in the Skywalker saga as possible. That would have been really cool. I want something weird. I want some real cool, weird aliens and stuff. I you can invest in. Yeah. What was that? Do you remember like before Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney, there was that big announcement about, was it like 1313 or 3131? Right. And they were going to do this. Like it was going to be a video game. It was going to be a show. It was going to be a comic books. And I remember being really excited about it because at the time they were really advertising this as like, this is like dark crime bounty hunter Star Wars. Like this is a corner of Coruscant that nobody has seen. Um, and yeah, and that's it's not I, I, based all on Tatooine. <laughs> exactly. And it, either it was Curson or it was actually we actually got to see in our shot of the Smuggler's Moon. Yeah, it I was, remember that yeah. animatic where you actually see a lot of that stuff, and it feels like Fallen Order. It feels mm -hmm. like those that third person type of gameplay. Uh, but it was awesome. And our friend Craig Derrick is actually was actually in charge of thirteen thirteen, and you know there, he's told me some things about what happened with that game, and it it 
pre, you know, it kind of led into just the sale to Disney. And I don't know how much to share. I will just say that Craig Derrick is the project lead on the last several Monkey Island games, and you should be playing Monkey Island. But the but the stuff that I've heard about the thirteen thirteen and the transition there, and and how George would come in and, and give notes, um, it. It, it was it was time for new voices, and I think and I still feel that way about Star Wars. Now that we're at Disney and we have infinite resources to make these things, and they look so cool, and these Disney Plus shows look great. They have the best actors. They have some amazing talent behind the camera. I think it's time for new voices as far as the characters go. I and, think uh, and really bring back that sense of risk and in, in I mean, there's no sense of risk in this movie. Well, and in I, this series. I also think there's another problem with Obi-Wan and it's, it's a problem that I, I, it's the same problem I had with the Mandalorian and B- book of Boba Fett is that, the um, chase scenes. well, that, and, and, and we can, <laughs> we, we can go out about talking about the bad actual video editing, but I was gonna say like a lot of this modern star Wars have been a cake that is all frosting, but no cake. Ooh. Like the minute you chop eating that every night though. <laughs> yes. And I love it. I'm going to keep eating it every night, but at least there's a cake underneath my frosting. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, when you think about it, right? Like what, are, what is the story they're telling here? I mean, I, get off my lawn would be cool. The you know, transition to Alec Guinness. <laughs> well, exactly. But we, we know that he's going to do it. Like we know that he's going to learn the, for- we, because we, we've already seen it. So, in terms of like taking the risk, there is no risk here because again, we know that he's going to do it. We know Leia's going back to Alderaan. We know Darth Vader is not going to kill Obi-Wan. We know the only the only excitement is what Jonathan was saying, the third sister, because we literally don't know what is going to happen to that character. I assume they're all gonna die. I assume every Inquisitor is gonna die. Um But it, it is interesting what her journey is gonna be, especially with sort of the themes that they seem to be writing mm-hmm. on. Um if this uh, this is a problem that started with the prequels. Ultimately, we went into the prequels thinking that we knew the relationships between Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin. And when we got introduced to Qui Gon, we he was at a risk for dying. Obviously, we knew that Padme was going to die because that was the story that we knew. And the problem was that those stories played out over three movies exactly as we predicted them to be, and we're told they were. There was no actual surprise, and I think that it's like we didn't even get to know Anakin's mother enough to feel that loss when she was killed. And it's like, okay, well sure. Hayden Christensen's a really great actor. And I think anybody who's seen shattered glass or life as a house knows that the guy's a phenomenal actor, but the writing I didn't think was there and saying, Hey, uh, he lost his mother. We didn't really know the mother that much. So it wasn't a loss for the audience and the audience has to be on the same wavelength as the character in order to feel that way. But knowing that we did know Obi-Wan, knowing that we did know Anakin, can you imagine, like, I remember being a kid and it went over my head because I was too young. But, I mean, as a child in the 80s, everything was Luke, I'm your father. And just how you just heard about how the audience was shook whenever Darth Vader, and I I know I botched the phrase uh, because that's not the exact quote, but whenever Vader reveals that he's Luke's father, the entire audience went nuts. There was an opportunity in that first trilogy to think that you knew the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and then Padme. And there was a, there was an opportunity to flip that on its head and he didn't do it. There was an opportunity to say, Hey, this wasn't just a love story. It was a love triangle and it was a betrayal by Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's the actual one who, if he would have just figured they been, been a better 
friend or a better Jedi, he would have not turned Anakin. And yeah, it is actually Obi-Wan's fault that Anakin went to the dark side because he created a relationship with Padme that was not uh, allowed by, by the Jedi Senate. It was condoned and dude did it. They fell in love together and, and, and Anakin was forced to go edgelord on them and, <laughs> and, 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 and incel on them. And, <laughs> and it's absolutely Obi-Wan's fault that he's Darth Vader. But like that would have been how, insanity. How beautiful is it that you and is creating this like, like you can feel the pain that he feels in knowing yeah, it's good. that yeah, just his, like, you don't even have to have need, needed to see that entire interaction. I will say something that I don't think I've publicly said ever, but I never saw revenge of the Sith. I've only seen clips of it. Oh, uh, the, you've never seen the entire movie. N- not the entire movie. I don't Whoa. know. Why, I don't know if I like fell asleep during the first watch or I just did. I know I did. <laughs> I, like the prequels, like, I, you know, I was a kid when like the first prequel came out, but I was really excited because I was like, oh, cool. Um, and then I saw the second one and I think I just fell off and I was like, I don't know. Prequels. I, it was at that time that I, like it wasn't widely accepted. These are bad movies or whatever. Like people were just kind of like hush hush about they it. Were. Uh, well, I <laughs> the old the older kids like me, we we, we guys, knew when we walked out of those movies that they were bad movies. But my generation was all for them, and I was just like, I feel like I need to like step back and not say anything. Um, but it was funny because Mark was saying something about Revenge of the Sith and like interactions between Anakin and Obi, and I was just like, this doesn't. I, this doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> and then I realized, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I've seen Revenge of the Sith. So did the, so did the recap at the beginning of this show, like that actually very recap, helpful. did that help you? Okay. <laughs> it was very helpful. <laughs> Speaking of helpful, our good buddy Big Yanks, who's our big Star Wars sycophant, mm-hmm. said, hey, we actually do know the third sister's fate because this show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, actually takes place before Rebels, as I thought it maybe did. So... Yeah, Disney's got nothing. They're just bringing us characters whose fate we know the end of. And um, let's just get some new stuff. Here's an idea. New stuff? New characters? New stuff would be great. That's what I was Hear excited with. New characters. Yeah, right. I was excited with Mando <laughs> because it was like we're not following a Jedi theme. We're not following any kind of religion. But, you know, then we have the Mandalorian religion. And I don't I I felt like there was a lot of fluff after that first episode that I was like, I, I was starting to get a little bit sleepy on the premise. Um, this if, if Luke had just shown up on that season two ending and never come back, I would have been like, cool. That was I have no idea where this is going to go. Fantastic reveal. Yeah, no, that was really cool. One and done, babies. Uh, wait a minute. Big gangs. Hold up. You say correction. I double checked. I'm kind of wrong. Uh-oh. Brother, look, I'm trying to do a show look, I here. Didn't wanna, okay? I didn't want to correct your fan and uh, nerdgasm, but I was going to be like, yeah, I literally Googled it while we were talking on this podcast, and the third sister's fate is unknown. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back in. It's unknown. I'm back in. <laughs> unknown. I'll I, watch the rest of it. I, I, I was always going to watch the I rest of it. I think Daniel might be mentioning the Grand Inquisitor, who is also on Rebels, who they somehow yes. killed in this episode. But you know, Right, which was confusing. No, they stabbed him. They did stab him. We didn't know whether or not he's actually. Yeah. The, the big thing I've seen online is the big thing I've seen online is people are saying that this might not be the same Grand Inquisitor that we see in Rebels, even though it's the same species and he has the same tattoos. Yeah. Same and I thought he was it's the same dude. That's interesting. I love I, that we said that we're going to be no, spoiler free. Oh, sorry. Like Toby Maguire Spider-Man says at the end of uh, No Way Home. Yeah, I've been stabbed before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we good. We good. Look, Darth Vader is 
Anakin Skywalker. Spoilers. What have you done? What ha- you are here? You're the true villain yep. here, Jason. And- Captain Pike goes to Talos for spoilers. <laughs> okay. Fun fact: there, they digitally recreated uh, James Earl Jones's voice. Um, oh, that, that wasn't actually AI James Earl Jones. It was AI. That, so it wasn't no. So James is is a little bit older. So it's a mix. It's a mix of his voice. Um, it's also a mix of Hayden's voice, and it's a mix of his uh, Empire voice, I think. And just a little bit of Charo in there as a well. A little bit of Charo, a um, little yeah, 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 yep. So. <laughs> well, I will say that I thought he sounded good. I thought the new Darth Vader's, or yeah. the not newish Darth Vader voice sounded good. He sounded like Empire Vader, yeah. yeah. Um, let's try and not spoil some Stranger Things, because we're getting some new episodes in July. But I watched this uh, Stranger Things First seven episodes, I'm all caught up. And I got to tell you, all I want is for the Duffer Brothers to take over the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise because this is Ooh. seven episodes of Nightmare on Elm Street style mm-hmm. horror. And then other storylines that are not really as, as you know, <laughs> engaging. But uh, the, the, the stuff where they are trying to get to the upside down and figure these things out. Uh, there's even a Robert England cameo. Like this stuff was good. That felt like, like my favorite horror franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, baby. I want the Duffer Brothers to do that. Or as Jim Pugnarelli told me in text, he's a Geekscape listener. He says, or have them, have them do like some X-Men stuff. Oh, that would because be there's cool. some Jean Grey stuff going on here, obviously with 11 and all that. I, I was just going to say, I love what they did with the season, but I fair warning for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Like they go harder this season than they have in the past. And I wasn't expecting that. And I had to look away at certain points. Um, just putting that out there. <laughs> there we- yeah, I would say that the the kid murder stuff going on in this season is brutal and disgusting. That being said, it's a horror show, so you got to be ready for that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really intense graphic imagery. They put a little thing in the beginning of like, hey, just so you know, this might be a trigger warning for yeah a lot of people. You also get Eddie, and I think Eddie's the best character on TV right now. Also so. a Brit. Yeah, I'm into this guy. He's in. Um, Matt Kelly says, oh, man, I'd be hard pressed to think of people more talented with drone shots than the Duffer Brothers. Those shots are never not jaw drippingly gorgeous and computer generated in most places. I don't know what you're talking about, Matt, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of amazing CGI stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He's like... (laughs) I mean, you know, those upside down shots are nice and raw. Like they do practical. <laughs> uh, they, they actually, went, they actually went to hell. That's what yeah. they did. That echoes my thoughts. He says, so long as it's not in Russia, it's a really good season. The Russia stuff was laggy, but you got to get through it. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't huge on that. But Jason, what do you think of it? I have not seen it. Uh, because yeah. I don't watch spoiler. Uh, I don't watch Stranger Things. I apologize. Yeah. Oh uh, no, that's good. scary. I uh, yes, it's too scary for me. Um, no, I I, uh, I, <laughs> I bowed out of Stranger Things in season one. Uh, I know I'm the I'm the weird outlier on that. Uh, I like Stranger Things when it was written by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I will say about Stranger Things that is, it, you just know what's going to happen, and they telegraph everything quite a bit. And you can't introduce like a light bright without knowing the light bright's mm-hmm. going to be the linchpin mm-hmm. to a major scene. And I, I'm just worried that the next two episodes and then season five is going to be like, oh, there's a Teddy Ruxpin that won't be used to communicate with people later on and decode a message. I just want a dot matrix message from the un- upside down. That's all I want. 
Um, it's be like, oh, look, a modem. Yeah, no, it's going to be like that where uh, they're going to end up having to play Bose of the Clown's grand prize game to the death to like discover something. And then Ca- Captain Kangaroo is going to come in and the song's going to save them. <laughs> I, I just, I don't want to hear the Kate Bush song anymore. I know it's only been a week, but that Kate Bush song, I'm done. I I'm love it. Done. Yanks keeps uh, messaging done. me memes and things for with that song. And honestly, give me more because I love it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm running down and away from whatever hill that song continues. To come on. So that's the hill I'm running like, on. How how beautiful? Sorry, but how beautiful is it that Kate Bush is now getting a resurgence as like as an '80s centric song? When I don't think even in the '80s Kate Bush was like that big of a deal, which is really cool. And I'm with you. Uh, I ran so far away. I think supposedly like Flock of Seagulls didn't sell as many uh, copies in the 80s as they did when it was on Rock Band. So I like the resurgence stuff and I'm down with it. Uh, But if I was sitting next to Max in school and she was playing that song over and over again, um, she wouldn't have to worry about no Vegna. (laughs) I'd be chopping her up. This is a great no spoilers review. Yeah. Okay. So listen. So who's Darth Vader's father in Stranger Things? Yeah. Uh, Anakin uh, Eddie Walker. Does the third sister survive Stranger Things? Uh, Several times. Only during the campaign, not during the actual. Got it. Got it. Matt Kelly says, uh, I'm unsubscribing for the snark of London. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll sit through Scott Rogers' monologues about the deterioration of the politics in the United States. 15 hours of of a horror movie night. Okay, I see where your priorities are, Matt. It's an inner fight. It's an inner podcast fight here on the Geekscape Network now. But he started it. Did he? No, I started it 15 years ago. Hmm. Um, Okay, so that's Stranger Things. Um, I wish it was Stranger. I wish it was less predictable. I would like it to be stranger than stranger things. That's I'm just, like. I'm excited for the the next two episodes that are coming out in July. Just to get that conclusion. I thought it was a great way to end the series where they did. Um, I felt like not only like I was breathing afterwards, but I was like, I'm excited to see what happens next. And are these next two episodes extended as well? Like they're they longer. Are. So, are, is, longer so than- is it basically like two more movies and then it's done? Bas- no. So after the two episodes that end this season, then we're going to get a, f- fifth season and i think that's the end and i don't know how long those are gonna be oh wow i thought that i, I thought this was the final season of stranger things when's this thing gonna so end I. I don't think so when is stranger things gonna finally kill baby yoda come on <laughs> they need to kill him uh no it'll be fine and uh you know what matt kelly's back he says one of the most notable notable kate bush facts in the 80s she was one of the among the first artists played on mtv but correct katie she's bigger now than ever well there's more people on the planet so you can thank overpopulation, Kate Bush, for making you more popular now than you were on the 80s. Ah, There's a lot more of us here nice. to enjoy your music. I just I love the idea that like you create something so long ago and like, yes, you get some notoriety, you get some fame from it. But then it gets a resurgence later on because it was just used for a very iconic scene in a show that's a cult classic already. I think that's so cool. I, I love that. And especially as a creator ourselves, like I think that's promising <laughs> yeah but we'll be dead sure <laughs> yep. we can only hope. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the best show on tv this is the best genre show on tv it's star trek strange new worlds i mean all respect to the obi-wans and the stranger things and this and that but if you're not watching star trek strange new worlds and this comes from somebody who's not a trekkie as y'all know from listening to the podcast this show rocks it's so good i'm a trekkie now yeah how is this happening if you were to welcome have... welcome to the club jonathan 
Yeah, man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you got that's so I got, cool. Oh, I have the combat right on the desk here. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Star Trek is my favorite franchise. Yeah. You know, it was funny because my mom was very into Next Generation, and uh, my aunt as well. She has a cat named Jean Luc. Um, <laughs> facts. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, I, it was a, like, it was a nostalgic thing in that, like, it felt like all of the, like, the whooshing of the, like, the doors and just, like, sort of the muted tones of Next Gen was very familiar to me. I rewatched it as an adult uh, and through the entire thing just because I was doing a thing with um, the bridge crew on VR and it was a whole series. Uh, so I wanted to, like, make sure that I knew all of this stuff and... I fell in love with Next Generation because it has that nostalgic thing. It also has a beautiful way of just taking a story and kind of scientifically solving problems while making it its own genre. Each episode truly episodic while being serialized. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys would agree with that. And I feel like this show, as, as well as Lower Decks, are the first shows that are able to recreate that in like a very sincere way. And I'm very excited. No, it's okay. a great, it's a great, like Stranger Worlds is like a great, and the, I think part of the reason why it's so great is because it's so hard nowadays to find media, dramatic media that is positive. Because that's what this is like, 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 you know, the, the difference between this and Obi-Wan is that, and, and, and you can make the argument that this is very similar to Obi-Wan where it's like, we know where Captain Pike is going. Like it was literally spoiled in 1967. What is going right. to happen to Captain Pike? <laughs> and we know where Spock goes. We don't know where number one goes. We don't know where who a bunch of the other people go. Um, but the difference is with this is that it is one, it is positive. And then two, instead of just telling us a story that, you know, uh, we know where Captain Pike's ultimate destiny is. Like we know exactly where he's going to go. And but he does they're, too. they're winding uh, enough into that to make you think like, oh, there's a chance that he might break this destiny. There's a chance that he might get out of this. Um, and I think that is the reason why I think this is resonating. I see more people talk about this show than Obi-Wan, than Stranger Things, than anything on the Internet right now. I, I constantly am seeing tweets like every day where people are like, why is Strange New Worlds so damn good? It, it just is. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, it's just the the actors, for one, are just phenomenal. They're, they do a, a fantastic job. I think it's the sincerity and like you were saying, the positivity, mm-hmm. like you can be presented with these different like issues or like situations or dire circumstances. And instead of something like a discovery or a Picard, like it doesn't feel as dire. Like it feels a little bit more safe in that mm-hmm. they're like, we are going to work together and we are going to solve this as long as we do the right things. Um, you know, in the right order, in the right way or whatever. But you finally get to a conclusion and it feels satisfying. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, this is going to come back and like haunt us for the rest of the series or, you know, like it doesn't feel so dire, which is something I think, especially after being becoming such a big fan of Ted Lasso, it's just something I just need right now to like have a little hope. <laughs> yeah. The aspirational nature of the show is refreshing every, every week, you know, so uh, I'm I'm up for more of this stuff. I think uh, I, I think that's something Brett McKenzie, not Brett McKenzie, uh, Brett Goldberg, the guy who from uh, Ted Lasso, who plays yes, who played yeah, Roy so Kent. He, he Roy Kent, yeah, he plays Roy Kent. He was he was saying in an interview that he wants to create more aspirational and positive 
TV. And I think that we're in a place where we want it. Um, not to say that there's no place for the child murdering of stranger <laughs> things. Uh, but, uh, you know, right. This is the show that I look forward to every week. And it's it, uh, nobody's more surprised than I am, you know. Um, and I think that we're, we might get some fun, aspirational stuff in Miss Marvel next week when when that hits that's a I mean it's going to be crazy having a Star Wars show and a Marvel show on TV at the same time and a Star Trek show premiering new episodes and a Star Trek show yeah. it's a good time to be a geek folks yeah it is um one thing that we've been like getting teased about for a long time that we're finally going to get is uh Neil Gaiman's Sandman is finally upon us they've been trying to make this show for decades mhm like we are finally getting a Neil Gaiman Sandman. Uh, Jason, you've read Sandman. You're super familiar with mm-hmm. it. Uh, and you still have patience for DC. Um, tell us, like, from what you've seen, they launched a brand new uh, teaser trailer today as part of Netflix's Geek Week. What is your take on, like, what you're seeing compared to the books that we read in the, the early 90s? Because I do not have a refresher on Sandman. I remember reading these things as they came out. Okay, so, well, that's the thing. Uh, um First off, I would say that I've said for years that I've always thought that Sandman, like Watchmen, is almost unadaptable. Like it is such singular as a comic book that I don't know if it will translate to live action. Now, I think Alan Heinberg is a great writer. I really do. I I really trust him. And I know Neil Gaiman had a big piece in this. I will say from what I saw today. Um, it looks like the comic book. I, I, I saw several shots that I r- recognized uh, from panels of the comic book. It, now, it'll be interesting because as we know with Netflix and we know with the Stranger Things and the Obi-Wan and the streaming and stuff like that, they're obviously focusing on the Morpheusness of it and the idea that launches the original comic book that Morpheus was captured. And because he's been captured for like 75 years, I think it is like his whole kingdom and the dreaming is sort of in disarray. And I, and I get the impression from this trailer that that's what the show is going to be. Now, anybody that's read Sandman, the comic book, you kind of know that that is really only the first six issues. And then the book really kind of becomes an anthology series where it's like character of the week shows up and this is how Morpheus intersects their life. Now, that obviously doesn't really work for a TV show. It doesn't work for an ongoing narrative. So it's going to be interesting to see how this show, it's going to be interesting to see how this show maintains the tone of the comic book without going like too far astray from the comic book. I mean, I'm from what they showed, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also apprehensive. But if they introduce death in this, right? Yeah. The first season, they're introducing characters like death. They're introducing his older brother, right? His younger sister. Younger sister. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Would, wouldn't they be able to just say, hey, she's going to get the focus of the next season or the third season and take that anthology aspect and make seasons out of it? Could these, this season that we're about to watch not be kind of the first season on Netflix? And then the subsequent seasons are those subsequent episodic pieces that follow those other characters a little bit more with Sandman a little bit interacting. I mean, clearly we're not going to get Batman's cameo or Deadman's. <laughs> or Superman. Or right, Superman, right? right? But we're going to get 
at least the pantheon of the characters introduced in Sandman that were Sandman originated characters. Are we getting Constantine? We are. Okay, so here's an interesting thing about this. So uh, John Constantine shows up in the Sandman. He only shows up like in the first like 20 uh, uh, issues before the, the first 20 issues of DC's Sandman are really uh, you could tell that DC, this is pre Vertigo. Vertigo comics did not exist. And DC was like, oh, we don't know about this weird moody character. So let's have cameos from Superman and John Constantine mm-hmm. and Swamp Thing. And then after that, the book sold pretty well and they created then Vertigo. Hot Topic started up. And Hot Topic started up. And once Hot Topic was in the malls, it just yeah. wildfire. So they separated it off and the DC characters did not show up. Now, in this series, we're in a weird warner brothers snafu bit and here's what's going on john constantine for some reason is like locked up under this justice league dark movie that's been in developmental hell for years um that's the reason why john constantine had to leave legends of tomorrow um so the way they're getting around it in this series is they're making the character i think it's joanna constantine and it's played by the actress that played clara in doctor who um oh cool now the interesting about that is in Sandman, there is a story in Sandman where they met Joanna Constantine and she was uh, uh, John Constantine's like 19th century ancestor. So what they're doing in this version is that they're going to have that character in the 19th century, but they're also going to have like a Johanna Constantine that's in the 20th century. And they're just going to have the same actress play both characters. Okay. So I'm fine with it. It's an adaptation. I'm fine with that. You still have your original books, Geekscapists. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have them. So don't get too crazy. And yeah, no, there's a lot of Sandman. So there is right. a lot. They, my, my big my big hope on it is, is anybody that's read the Sandman comic books, you know that one of the really coolest ongoing storylines is every time Morpheus checks in with William Shakespeare. <laughs> and if they do this, if they do that, I will give this series a pass because like that is the my favorite storyline from the entire comic books. And I believe it's the storyline that won Sandman the Hugo and it's Sandman's the only comic book to ever win a Hugo. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk video games real quick before we wrap up. Um, And this is something that we were talking about. Katie and I are held hostage on this thread, this chat. And I got to tell you, I I started it. I wanted the Geekscapists to to like talk amongst themselves, people involved in Geekscape, like Matt Kelly and Derek and Shane, and we added big yanks. And the second we added big yanks, this chat thread turned psychotic. <laughs> um, big yanks. I don't know. I mean, he. I think he feels like the one that doesn't come to Comic-Con every summer. He's the most like detached from the group. So he makes up for it by chatting nonstop during the day. And we love big yanks. But um, I got to tell you. Uh, it is, uh, it is fun to hang out with these kids throughout the day. I I definitely miss them. I'm looking forward to seeing them at Comic-Con, but one of the big pieces of news that we talked about today was the limited run games panel. And I know that we're not getting E3 this year, but limited run games, what they do really well is they bring back old retro games and they give them like special editions. Um, and in the chat people, I was, what was I doing? Oh, I was cutting that ad. You saw at the top of the show, (laughs) um, as I was working on that ad, I looked down and there's 54 texts in the chat over the course of about an hour and uh, everybody's getting crazy between Big Yanks and Shane, mainly Shane. They're getting crazy about all the announcements they have coming on in these limited run games. Uh, Some of these are huge. Uh, 
the ones that I think are really cool for me are I love that the Shadowrun trilogy is returning. Uh, it's going to be on PS4, Switch, and Xbox. Uh, that's in, that's this year. We're going to get Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 on the Switch and PC this summer. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is like a retro arcade style Ninja Turtles game. It's a so brand new game. It's going to be great. And it's going to come with like an art booklet, sprite stickers, reversible cover. What I like about it is I love Turtles in Time. I love the original arcade game games. It's so good. Like a fresh one. Yeah. And it's on PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox. Um, here is one that completely took me by surprise uh, we're getting doom 64 doom eternal the one that took me by surprise uh was we're getting the 8-bit bill and ted's excellent retro collection there were 8-bit bill and ted games that we're getting retro versions of return we're getting i said doom 64 and doom eternal that's kind of cool uh, a lot of these are completely wrapped up in um licensing uh, Blade Runners are getting the enhanced editions. I told, I mentioned the Shadowrun games, which were some of my introductions to early top-down three-quarter PC gaming. Um, this is the big one. Night Trap is coming to PS5 in July. Night Trap was that live-action game where you had to pick the rooms, and there were vampires, and the girls were running around in their 90s, oh, and it got yeah. banned. It was like it was like Tipper Gore's main game. <laughs> No, for like banning video games it was night trap remember they when they brought that when, up in congress to they did to bring up like ratings on games that's the night it was, was the why you would get a sega cd was sonic cd hmm. and playing these live action games were like kirk cameron's like insure shark or whatever you know remember the when like cd games like started out in the early 90s and it was like oh my god there's real hollywood actors in them so the late Dana Plato was the name of like the most famous actress in Night Trap, and she's having a sleepover. No, there's a sleepover, but the sleepover is getting infiltrated by vampires, and Dana Plato works for this agency that is trying to infiltrate and capture the vampires and know what's going on here. And she's the one that's always turning to the camera and be like, hey, follow me. You got to flip the switches to catch them. It's garbage. The game is not great, <laughs> but was it? Super nostalgic to see it announced today as getting a special edition on the PS5. You'll throw a couple couple spins on the night trap for sure. You got that PS5 money? No, I gotta get that PS5 first. First of all, <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't have get that do PS5 it. either. I still don't I gotta get that PS5. <laughs> but I, I, th- I mean, supposedly they're gonna start coming out. I mean, the graphics card thing has been solved, right, Katie? Not, I wouldn't say solved. It's better. Uh, you know, people are still gouging, but for the most part, they're producing more than they have been. But there's, it's a lot of it's tied up with crypto stuff. Um, and people, oh, our great. favorite, our favorite, yeah, our favorite. I conversation. love the crypto stuff. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like a <laughs> there's a video of like a bunch of tractors running over graphics processors in um, I forget where in the world because they're like to stop people from mining Bitcoin, and <laughs> I was like, can I just have one for my computer so I can play my silly games? <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but I'm telling you, the PS5, I'm going to get a couple of those PS5 games. PS5 is the one I'm circling. That's the system I want. Yeah. Uh, Are you going to ask for it for your wedding? No. Really? But No, Johnny can get his own PS5. But that being said, (laughs) I'm going to get that Night Trap game. I'm going to get that Night Trap game. I'm going to get that Night Trap game. The Night Trap game, there's a scene, and I've talked about it on the show before. It's one of my favorite scenes from my childhood is playing this night trap game and getting so far 
that the vampires have all come out. There, it's clearly there's a vampire infestation in this house. You can save the girls. If, if you don't save the girls, you end up dying and the game has to restart, right? So you, you this is how the game plays. You switch cameras and you have to catch these vampires when they're over these trap doors. And when you hit the button, uh, the smoke comes out and the vampires fall through the trap doors and then you got a vampire, right? So the whole game is you have to be switching cameras to make sure that nobody's in danger and getting vamped. And you have to catch these vampires when they're going over the trap doors. As the game progresses, lots of vampires start pouring into this house. They're all actors and, uh, and it's all live action. And that's exciting because you haven't seen that before. And it's 1992. But, uh, if you, if you're, if you get good and Jonathan, young Jonathan got good, you get rewarded with like a bit of a respite scene where like you've just gone through like some really like high stress situation, switching cameras, catching vampires. And now the cavalry is coming in and, and, and they're convinced that the vampires are a problem. And you have these dudes with machine guns swarming into this house and they're like, something's going on. And, and I'm like, finally, I get some backup, these big guns. And one of the big guns is this big African-American actor. He's jacked as hell. And you're like, this is, this game is, this is the end. This has to be the end. The, the vampires are toast now. And he's standing there and Dana Plato is trying to convince them the vampires are in the house. And this dude, the most famous line, maybe one of the most famous lines of my childhood goes, vampires, you gotta be jamming me. <laughs> gotta be jamming me? Jamming. You gotta be jamming me. As soon as he says that, a vampire comes up behind him and kills him. And that's the, it's like, a, it was like Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Right. You think the whole, you, th- you think the whole tide is going to be turned in this sequence where the guys with guns show up and the good guys show up. They all start getting taken out within like 30 seconds. They get taken out and you're like, no, 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 this is turning bad. And now it's up to you to keep flipping those switches, flipping those cameras and save the kids from vampires. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was like Red Wedding to me when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, all the good guys are here. This game is going to, this is the end. This is the end. And then all of a sudden the good guys are just getting wiped out by vampires. And I was like, oh no, there's still a lot of gameplay left in this. But it all turns on, you gotta be jamming You gotta, be, you gotta jamming be jamming me. me. <laughs> vampires, you gotta be jamming me. We gotta make that a shirt. <laughs> he gets pulled behind a couch and then he dies. If you, you wanna see yeah. some really great behind the scenes stuff of that, High Score on Netflix is a great documentary about video games. In episode five, I think I think it's episode five, they talk about violence in video games and how it becomes like a congressional hearing. Um, and they bring up Night Trap and scenes from it. And it's so campy and ridiculous that like, you wonder how games got to be as violent as they are <laughs> with all this. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing, uh, yeah, I think Tipper Gore, Joe Lieberman were the ones bringing that in, in rap music to Congress and saying, we got to do something about this. Our kids are getting perverted by video games and rap music, so we got to put yep. warning labels on everything. And Night Trap didn't la- Night Trap actually got pulled. Night Trap was, as being the one that was like, the big problem got <laughs> pulled. Uh but yeah, um, that is what's going on in video games. So Jonathan finally has justification for buying a PS5. He's going to play a game from 30 plus years ago. That's why I'm going to buy a PS5 is to play a game from 1992. It seems like an appropriate uh, use of the money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no other way I can play this game from like 1980 something. Yeah. And I heard there's going to be a, a, a Sega CD mini coming out, too. Ooh. Of course. In the same way there was a Genesis Mini, I heard the Sega CD is getting it. That's the one system I know everybody was Jones in for, the Sega CD. 
<laughs> I loved the Sega CD, but again, I loved it because of the uh, live action games. Give me a Dreamcast Mini, you cowards! <laughs> yeah, how great would that be? A Dreamcast Mini would be cool. Well, um, Geekscapists, there's a lot of things we wish we had, and uh, we, you know what? The future is untold, unlike the Star Wars characters. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap the show. We're gonna promote Katie's podcast, the Black and White. Podcast. What's it called, Katie? The Black and White, Black podcast. And White podcast. Black and White podcast. Uh, you got to go listen to it. Subscribe to it right now. Also, you should listen to uh, this guy, Jason's podcast. What you got over there, podcast wise? Uh, Geek History Lesson. Every single week, we uh, break down one character, construct, or book in a little bit less than an hour. Uh, the last one we did was Obi Wan Kenobi. So uh, go listen to that. Uh, you know. Okay. I can promise you, on a, it's a podcast where nobody says it's Morbin time. Weird. <laughs> Oh, I can promise that. I don't. Have you all done Morbius on the podcast? No, thank God. <laughs> Wait, why, why, but 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 before he was perverted by this Jared Leto movie, like Morbius would have been. Okay no, we just never got around to, to it. it. It's 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 the weird intersection of like you know we have four hundred plus episodes, but sometimes you just never get around. There's certain characters you just never get around to. I thought y'all picked a lot of the characters based on giant events coming, like Obi Wan Kenobi. We try to, but like sometimes movies sneak. Like Morbius was one of those where it just kept being pushed by the pandemic. So by the time it came out, we had already scheduled other episodes. We just couldn't grant to it. No, no, that that one needed. A, a special that needed a, a Morbius two hour special. Well, you know, everybody's favorite character now. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, Sony said he's a Marvel legend, so you need to respect that. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. But no, no Morbius episodes, but come over. It's on everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Geek Hesher Lesson. Okay. And uh, this is uh, Shane in Alaska. He says, Sega has said that Dreamcast Mini is on their radar. Oh, wow. I hope so. <laughs> That'll <laughs> be right. fun. Um, Geekscape is, let's keep. Geekscape on the radar, not just the Geekscape podcast, but we've got shows like Horror Movie Night, and we've got this new The Black and White podcast with Katie on it. Uh, just search for Geekscape on any of your podcatchers. Uh, search on the Geekscape website. We're going to have a brand new Geekscape website where you can see all of our shows in one place and be like, oh, wow, this looks like a reputable network instead of an imitation blog from 20... 20- 10 uh we're working on a lot of things here as i said at the top of the show we work on a lot of things so just give us time we got many resources what you got katie is it gonna be a dot net or a dot com that's the ultimate it will always question. be a dot net okay because we're a network there you go and you are helping that being our 21st show i believe so we're a network we're not looking back we can drink now <sighs> Uh, Geekscape has followed Geekscape on your social medias. And of course, thanks again to our partner, NordVPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash Geekscape and use the offer code Geekscape for your discount, your extra month and all sorts of cool stuff over at NordVPN. Uh, like you can watch shows uh, in other countries like my good friend uh, Jason does. All right. Uh, for Katie and Jason, uh, this is Geekscape and we'll see you next week. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.